Welcome to the Shine Online podcast. I'm your host and video content coach, Natasha. And after years of being a social media manager for service providers, coaches, and physical product brands while creating content for my own brand, I realized how important it is to infuse video into your strategy, no matter what surface or platform you decide to use for your brand. This podcast will help you create strategic video content that doesn't take away from your business, but fuels its growth. You'll leave each episode with a simpler way to show up with confidence that isn't reliant on the latest trend or gimmicky hacks, but a sustainable strategy. Ready to go from overwhelmed to confident in your content strategy? It's your time to shine. Hello, and welcome to the Shine Online podcast. We're diving into part two of this bonus podcast episode where we are chatting about 10 video content hot takes. And if you're coming over from part one over on the Cubicle to CEO podcast with Ellen Yen, then I want to welcome you over to the Shine Online podcast land. I highly recommend going down to the show notes or just binging any of our past episodes where we dive deep into a lot of the hot takes that we're going to be covering today. And most importantly, make sure that you follow this podcast wherever you're listening so you don't miss a weekly episode sharing simple video strategies to help you grow your business. Now, let's dive right on into these hot takes. And so what I do is I share that, oh, I dive deeper into this in my feed post for the day or on the podcast or whatever it is. And so that's a really great way that you like can share content. We want to share content, whether it's our own or other people's, but like you're able to still give context and value and really build on it and make it a part of your stories and not just like something that's random and disrupting your stories. Because this is honestly one of the most common reasons why people have really low story engagement and views. That makes complete sense. And I I totally <laughs> was like shaking my head at myself. Like I do that all the time where especially I think where I struggle with resharing a lot of content is when, when someone tags you in something. It may not be related directly to the content you're creating that day, but you want to share your support back because they're tagging you. So as a follow-up, I'm kind of curious when that happens for you, are you resharing the content that people are tagging you in? And if so, how do you still add on your own unique take or twist so that it feels more like original content rather than just like repost, 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 right? Yes. Love this question. And there's a few different approaches. So if you find that you're constantly getting tags, like I can imagine for you, Ellen, it's probably people listening into the podcast and things like that. And that's stuff you definitely want to share. One route you can do is you can make it a part of your reoccurring stories and kind of like organize it into its own series. So let's say you get like two or three tags for the day. You could kind of introduce it of like, I love seeing when you guys share all your podcast listens and your favorite episodes here's some of the episodes listeners are loving today. And then you could reshare them. So kind of giving some context and not like disrupting people's tap a little bit. But honestly, one of the simplest ways is just giving a little bit extra context. So adding text, kind of making it look a little more branded and kind of like engaging with whatever that story reshare is saying. I find that that goes a really long way. And if it is something that has to do with your offers is like adding that link sticker of like, do you want to join us in 
in the podcast, like click here. So I think that reshares can be really great social proof, but it's really about, I always think of everything I'm adding to my story. Like, is it intentionally serving a purpose? And once you're able to kind of like see your story's content in that way, just like any of your other content, you're able to kind of make those decisions of like, sometimes you get do get tagged in a reshare and you're like, this maybe isn't going to add a lot of value to my stories. And you can just reply to their story and like it, which I love the new liking feature with stories. So that's kind of my approach. Oh, that is so good. Okay. See, this is why I, I just find so much value in this conversation because even if a tip is simple, sometimes when you're in your own creative tunnel, you just don't think of these things. So that was a huge aha moment for me, Natasha. So I just want to affirm you and your genius in the way you deliver tips in such an easy to apply way because for some reason, I don't know why, I never thought about organizing you know, all the different let's say mentions in in one grouping and actually adding an introduction to that. So like you said, people have context. It almost feels like when someone tags you in stories, you have to share it in real time. Like, oh, the second they tag you, now you got to like just pop it into your story feed. But you're so right. You can, you can wait to group things together. So that is brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. All right. Hot take number seven. Your go-to video call to action is... Yes. So it's actually two twofold. It is either an engagement call to action or a conversion call to action. And I feel like this is kind of like where the hot take comes in is people often feel like they're annoying if they add calls to action. They shouldn't always be adding calls to action in your posts. But I truly believe that if we want our communities to buy from it, if we want them to engage with our content, we have to encourage and tell them what we want them to do. And so every single piece of content I create has a call to action and it has one or the two. First of all, it has engagement. And what this really comes down to, if you're wondering which one do I choose, it comes down to what is the goal of your content? Is the goal to start conversation and connect with your community and to grow and get a lot of shares and get new eyeballs on your content? Then you're going to want to go with engagement. But if you're launching or selling something, then you're definitely going to want to do a conversion call to action. So when it comes to an engagement call to action, a few things that I like to do for that is I'll either say like comment, like, what do you think? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Like, did I miss anything with this tip? And so kind of just bringing them in the conversation. Another thing I like to do is like, if it's something that they're going to want to reference later or something that I know that they found so valuable that they'd want someone else to see, I say, make sure and share this with a friend that might need to see it. Or I say, save this for later so you can use it when creating your video content next time. So I'm being very clear with what the call to action is. And I'm always making it relevant to what the content is that I'm creating. So that's kind of one route. And also this applies to stories. We were just talking about stories is if I want people to click a link sticker, or if I want people to answer a question sticker and make it very specific, I don't usually say like, ask me anything unless I'm doing an AMA. I'll say, you know, what do you specifically struggle with when it comes to creating your own video content in your home office? Like I make it really easy for people to actually take that action. And the other type of call to action is a conversion call to action, which is literally telling them what is that next step, whether it's paid or free. And my tip here for anyone is don't just say like link in bio. We love a link in bio moment, but don't just say link in bio, but really be like specific on where are they going for that conversion point? Like go to the application or book a discovery call or whatever that is. But also think of the sophistication of the purchase that 
they're making. So for example, if I'm doing a call to action for my mastermind, it's a really high investment point. So I'm not just going to say, go to the link in bio to apply for the mastermind. I kind of talk about who it's for, what the program is, why you'd want to go apply, what those next step are. But if it's something like a freebie, I'll just say like, go to this free challenge to learn X, Y, and Z. So I had a lot of hot takes when it comes to calls to action because it's something that I'm like so passionate about. I want more business owners to include in their video content. Well, you should be passionate because like you said, (laughs) call to actions are literally how people actually are going to engage further with you, right? It's a whole reason we create video content so that someone can take an action. And my big takeaway from what you shared is be specific with your ask and be directive. Like clearly tell people what to do. Don't assume that they just know intuitively what to do after watching your content. So that is great. I'm going to definitely go back myself and literally write down like all the different CTAs that you gave us as examples. Thank you so much. Your hot take number eight is this. What's your favorite style of video to create right now? Ooh, I feel like anyone that's in my community is going to be like, I I know it. I'm going to guess, like give me the prize, but it is stock content. I cannot yell for it from the rooftops enough because especially last year, I had a very busy year in business and life and I still wanted to create video content. I still wanted to be showing up and I really was kind of getting sick of trends, which is something we mentioned in part one. And what I kind of found was that I was starting to already get into this habit. This is something I've done for years and I just kind of like conceptualized it, but I've always been in the habit of when I'm making my matcha or walking into my office or working with my clients or whatever it is that I'm doing in my business, I'm capturing that for video content. Or I'm sitting down when I have a launch and I'm like, let me get a bunch of clips together of me editing videos and me working on my 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 work my laptop and kind of getting like stock content really ready together. And this has been my favorite type of content to create is because it is multi-use and like we're able to double dip in like the best way possible. Because not only is this something that I share on my stories for the day, but it also can become different types of reels or it can become other short form video content. And I feel like once you're able to just like add that into how you're creating, it will just save so much time, which has been why it's been my favorite way. And once you get in the habit of it, like when I, at the beginning of the year, I had like enough stock content to get me through like half of the year. Like, and it's so simple to do. So that's like my favorite thing in the entire world when it comes to video creation. We love a repurposing queen and you're so right. It's like (laughs) multi-purpose in all the best ways, which leads perfectly actually into hot take number nine. The easiest type of video content to create is, you kind of obviously alluded a bit to this already, but expand on that. Yes. So I think often people want to be more consistent with video or they want to just start creating video content. And the best way to do this is repurposing. What I often find is people feel this pressure to, I need to create something new or it needs to be groundbreaking or I can't be repetitive. And they miss out on the amazing non-video content that they've already created, like captions, like carousel posts, like podcast scripts or long form video content or emails or 
blog posts. Like I could literally go on and on on all the places we can find existing content. And that can become text that we put on a quote video, or this can become something that you're talking about on, you know, face to camera video or even a voiceover. So I feel like if that's you and you're like, I just want to do more video, but I just want it to be easy is literally repurpose. And once you get into the habit of doing that, that will help you stay consistent with your video content. Oh, so, so good. And I love that you encourage people to look at the mediums that they might feel stronger in right now. Like you said, like if they're more of a writer and they're maybe a little bit more shy about talking to videos, like I love that you're encouraging people to start with what they have already rather than feeling like everything has to be original, which leads us into our final hot take, hot take number 10, a hack for easily creating more video content. Now that everyone at the end of this episode is all fired up with your hot takes and videos and they're like, all right, I'm ready to do this. What is a hack for creating more video content volume-wise? Yes. So I have a hack for the two types of people. And some people might want to do a little bit of both. But I find that there's like two types of creators, which I feel like is maybe another hot take, is that lean into how creating video content feels the most natural to you. Like if you don't like batching, don't batch. If you don't have the capacity to create video content in your daily routine, batch. Like or, or find somewhere in between if you like a little bit of both, which is kind of where I fall. The hack is content stacking. And if anyone's into productivity, this is essentially the content version of habit stacking. So taking something you're already doing in your business, in your day, in your routine, and then just capturing that as video content, which is kind of where my my tip with creating stock content came in. So instead of having to perform for video and do things for video, literally taking things you're already doing will allow you to just stockpile video content really, really easily. And to kind of take that to the next step is another kind of bonus tip is actually, especially if you're a coach or an educator or a speaker or something like that, is when I'm doing a podcast interview like this, or I'm coaching my clients, I will set up my phone and I will record me talking, especially when I know like, oh, I got a mic drop moment coming. Like I'll just like start recording and then that's a piece of talking video content. So I feel like when we think about our routines of like, okay, if Mondays is when I do my meetings and I'm already ready and, and want to like, I'm in my talkative mood, then add in a meeting. That's an Instagram live every, every Monday. So essentially just taking your routine, what's already working and then just adding in some video. And then on the other side of this is implementing a content day, which is something that I started doing last year because I just like create so much content and I wanted to make sure I was on top of my batching so I could stay ahead and and have more room for that, that play content. And so essentially what it is, it doesn't have to be an entire day, but I recommend having a reoccurring day that you are, whether it's weekly or monthly, that you are dedicating to content tasks, just to content creation. So on that day that I'm focused on creating content, this is where I can not only batch that type of stock content, I also can outline and brainstorm ideas. I can also sit down and repurpose things into video content, or I can sit down and film a lot of talking videos. So by kind of giving yourself the space of just every day this month or every day this week on a weekly basis, this is my time to create content, whether you're a side hustler or a busy parent or just a busy entrepreneur, this will help you prioritize video content. Because what I often see is that we think that creating content 
content is just like a cute thing we got to do for our business. But at the end of the day, it is a marketing task and it is just as important as anything else on your calendar. So I find that these two things are hacks that will really help you prioritize video a little bit more without like bogging you down and taking away from your business. Oh, brilliant. The the relation of content stacking to habit stacking makes so much sense in my brain. And it's so affirming to hear from you. You do not have to batch video content if it's not your style as a creator. So I'm really, really glad that you also called out the two different types of creators because I definitely lean towards that person who just creates content in the moment and doesn't love to batch content. So anyways, Natasha, these well, 10 total hot takes between part one and part two on Cubicle to CEO and the Shine Online podcast have been so mind-blowingly good. I feel like this could have been a masterclass. So thank you so much for your amazing tips and hot takes. Thank you. And thanks for all your follow-up questions for us deep diving into these hot takes and for allowing me to share them with your amazing community. We went in with these hot takes. I want to thank Ellen and the Cubicle to CEO podcast for having me on for this bonus episode, Swaparoo. Make sure that you're following the Shine Online podcast so you never miss a weekly podcast episode with video marketing tips and scroll on down into the podcast episode archives for more episodes on how to actually be in your video content, on incorporating spicy content on your videos. And also one of my favorite topics is how to have a content day and what my checklist is. So these are all past episodes for you to go on and binge. And we've linked some recommended ones in the show notes. I will see you in the next episode.